and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we are closing out the month of July with a musical spectacular. Yeah. Here's where you speak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you took me, unbalanced me with musical spectacular, which I guess it is. It definitely is. It's a musical when, well, we'll get into that. What? When a musical where half the people can't sing. Yep. And, okay, so I'll share with you right off the bat what my problem is. There was a wonderful time that people, us people of color call back in the day. It has no certain definition. I understand. Back in the day, yeah, there we go. Movie producers, when they produced movies, if they saw a performer could not sing, they brought in a voice double. Disney still does this with cartoons. Yes. Different singing voices and speaking Mm -hmm. voices, right? Leah Salonga, the Ming-Na in In Mulan. Mulan, right. So when you're watching West Side Story, Natalie Wood could not sing. So they brought in someone with the same sort of timbre of voice and right. she performed and then all the they singing. dubbed. And Natalie Wood just sort of did this Pierce with her mouth. Brosnan said, it's in my contract that I'm going to sing and right. you guys are going to hear my melodiousness. Right. And so... Mal-odious? Ma- melodiousness <laughs> is probably a better word. But this movie is... Startling to me because, as you said, it's a fifty million dollar film. Yeah, fifty-two million dollar budget. Fifty-two million dollar budget, and no one at any point just said, "Pierce, you can't sing. We're going to have you done." Oh, they by definitely else. said that to him, and you he think? definitely was like, "Suck it, I'm James Bond." <laughs> He's Irish. Suck He's not it a Welshman. if you he want me sing. to have the. If you want my face, you're right. going to get my voice. Oh. That's not good. He's coming back for the sequel, so he gives uh, no fucks about what you have to say about his singing voice. Well, he's proud. He shouldn't be. Oh. But anyhow, <laughs> he did his I, very I, best, is, and like, it was not. I like good. Pierce Brosnan. I liked him back when he was doing episodes of uh, the House of a Hammer horror show for TV. Pish tosh. Back I when say he was Remington, Remington Steel, or when he was James Bond. I was one of the early supporters for James Bond. So I like him, but... It was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> his performance in this movie is good. His acting is fine. When he's acting, because he's an actor. Bad. He's not a singer. And it's, no, there, there are sewing Hun, machines happened. that make better singers You need singers to like, really does. open your soul and let it go, because right, it can't. definitely already it's happened so ten years ago. It's, it's uh, well... All right, all right, so this whole movie is buck wild. Yes. The premise of this film, sensibilities didn't I have never felt like such a prude in my whole life as I did while I was watching this movie and judging these women for their lives. It's, I don't know where all of this judginess it, came it, from, but I don't understand how you take innocuous pop songs and turn it into a, a story about, hey, my mom was a hoe and I don't know who my dad is. What? How is that what we decided to put on Broadway? We should explain the plot or the The story. The plot of the movie is Sophie, Amanda Seyfried, a sun-kissed beauty who may get skin cancer due to how sun-kissed she is. Her eyes are larger than her actual head. Um, No, that's not how biology works. It seems to be like there's eyes and a mouth. She looks like Sailor Moon with a suntan. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I don't Sailor disagree Sun. with that. Sailor Mediterranean. Go ahead. Is getting married uh-huh. in Greece, and she sends invitations to the three men named in her mother's diary as people with whom she dot, dot, dotted the summer of Sophie's conception. So it's kind of like a sexual ellipsis. It's not kind of like that. It's exactly so that. that. We should talk about how Sophie found this. So her mother runs... Oh, like a hotel in a hotel. Greece. The it's, Villa Donna. Right. Um, She's Donna. That somehow has a connection to an underground fountain and perhaps the gods themselves. Maybe. That Aphrodite might have something. That was a not a real plot point. I don't know. Right. <laughs> up, up until the end credits and suddenly it becomes one. But this young woman goes through her mom's stuff. Her diary. Her trunk, I think it was the trunk. She finds a diary and then she conspired with her two friends who really don't figure very large well, in the plot. Her two friends are not cons- d- d- she doesn't conspire with them because right. they get off the boat. This these young ladies could be 
cardboard cutouts for all yeah, that they, they are. Yeah, because they don't really figure nope. much in the entire story. You'd they they're really don't. Nope. Because they're introduced, they have a little theme song that they have the, Yeah, they come other. out, they all dance together, they have a very elaborate, like, uh, dancing handshake, and then they collapse into giggles. Pretty and much. That's a ba- and then right. she tells them this plot that she has hatched. Right. So she's that's her exposition dump is to these two girls. Yes. Sort of like in Shakespeare when someone just turns the audience and just says, like, hey, I I'm did Petruchio a thing. And Before you got right. here, this is what happened. So Let's catch up. Yeah, and then I was surprised because I figured that with the way that they were set up, they were going to become a major part of this nope. film. And they pretty much vanish after she explains I didn't even know their names to. until I read this. One um, was tiny, one was tall, and one was feisty, thing. I think. Yes, they had little, yeah, something like that. It was really... It's one of those things that when you're watching in a movie, it feels really artificial. It, yeah. You're watching, like, for instance... And they were... But they're right. also like, we've known your mom forever. We knew you forever. I can't believe you did this. And how are you going to make it work? They're the voice of reason, but nobody right. listening to them. Like, no. So she sent off these three invitations to three men, all of whom decide to show up, which, I mean, okay. <laughs> well, one is a American architect. That's Sam, Irish American. One is a Swedish adventurer. Oh, we're going to call him an Irish American. He was working in New York. The man has an accent. Right. Everyone has an accent in this movie, inexplicably. And the last except is the two main characters is a British banker. So there's these three men, and they, which what makes that whole like they're going to drop everything. That, well, except for the you know the the, the Swedish adventurer. Um, the other two men have these important jobs, and they just yeah, drop and, everything and, and leave. But for all intents and purposes, they don't have outside lives. Right. I mean, they talk a little bit about the fact that Stellan Skarsgård's character is a, an adventurer, and right. that Colin Firth knows of him, and used to Has want to be books like or him. Yeah. Right. And then, but Sam is Pierce Brosnan. He's the one that she was with for a long period of time and had an actual relationship right. with. He left to go get married. To another woman, and that's the reason why she decided to... And then, these other two men, who were very nice... Right, console She decided to... Dot, dot, dot. ...be involved with, which is fine. Go ahead. Wait, those pearls. I really don't... Like, I don't begrudge this woman sleeping with whoever she wants. Mm -hmm. I begrudge this movie making it the primary plot point. (laughs) Like, I don't... It's so weird... It's so weird. So Sophie has sent these invitations to these three men, all of whom fucking come a running. Well, that's why I said why and I wanted they to all... emphasize their careers because it it doesn't seem like these are people in positions of they're in positions of authority over a lot, except for the adventure writer, who just drop everything. But, but yeah, and for show all intents and purposes, they don't have for outside a woman lives. They we have don't not know seen anything about. In I don't know how many years. Twenty. Which, which does not feel... Sophie is 20. That's how many years. Realistic at all, though. That's No, I know. Yeah, so... And she has sent them under, you know, with a fake signature by mom. Right. So sh- they don't know. They It's a it's a invitation to her, Sophie's wedding. Right. Sent as though Donna had sent oh, them. And here's the funny part, as we've noticed in the film. Nobody seems to realize the potential... Or the possibility of why they're being invited back to this island for the daughter's yeah, wedding. Yeah, these, these people these are dumb are, as <laughs> shit. Right. I'm sorry, but if I, out of the... The only reason these right. dudes show up is because they think they're the dad. Right. The only reason... If you get out of the blue after 20 years a come to my daughter's wedding, right. you think immediately, I, that's what? my baby. That's the letter I'm terrified of getting. <laughs> like, oh, wait, hold it, wait. Because no, I know exactly what that would mean. Yeah, these but, dudes are dumb. And, he was and back, then her right. whole plan is, as soon as I see my dad, I'm going to know. Uh, Women's intuition. Uh, pro tip. That's not how genetics and works. It's, it's not like she's really actively looking for clues in any kind of intelligible or systematic way. She's she legitimately trying to thinks fish details out of them to see if once she puts her out. eyes on her father, right. she will know. Now, here's a weird, this is going to be a tangent. There is a thing where mm. parents and children and siblings also that never right. knew each other and meet in adulthood will find themselves inexplicably attracted to each other. Thank 
Jesus and every one of the angels that have ever existed, but that is not how they decided to go with this one. Because there are many, and I'm, when I say many, I'm not misspeaking, many couples of fathers and daughters, biological, or mothers and sons, biological, who did not know each other growing up, who have relationships as well, adults. That's actually probably a Bernardo Bertolucci movie, and if he hasn't made it yet, well... Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a it weird... Is, it is this weirdly common not, right. like biologic thing where something in your brain understands that they are something to you but if you don't if you didn't if you weren't raised with that biologic i'm right your mom then the brain does a weird thing yeah and and then it's like the grifters it's 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 a weird thing but i am very grateful that this movie as weird and wild as it Gets well, and never goes. Well, I think the fucking Sam's the hottest, so he must be my dad. <laughs> like, um, so these men end up all on on Bill's boat. Bill is, of course, the adventurer with the boat named Fernando. Why? Because hey, guys, the whole reason for this whole thing is that we are going to sing as many Abba songs as possible. But Fernando is not one of them. Which is yes, sad. <laughs> The uh, only Swedish rock song about the Mexican Revolution that ever existed. One of the only songs about, about the, the Mexican Me- Revolution. Well, outside of pop Mexico, songs. maybe. Right, but pop songs. Pop yes. songs. I'm not talking about, you know, the God Save, you know, like none of that. I'm talking about actual ass pop songs played on the radio. So these men all end up on the island. They're scooped up by Sophie. They're put in the goat house. And she says, I'm the one who invited you. My mom doesn't know you're here. You're a surprise because she talks about you so fondly. I gotta go. Right. And they're all like, this is some bullshit. But again, too dumb to know what could actually be going on. It I don't never, even understand. It does not occur to them till much late, till like, what the? It's well, the night. It's the, the night. This night. So they all arrive the day before the wedding. Right. So, oh, so, um, yeah, so boats are arriving, guests are arriving, mm-hmm. right? So Sophie's two girlfriends arrive and they do their little dance and oh, she these are the dynamos, right? her. No, 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 Sophie's friends. Sophie's, oh, yeah, Sophie's friends. And she does her exposition dump. And then you're like, ah, oh, I kind of wish I had a nice little uh, weird dancing handshake to that my girlfriends and I did. But that's a one-off, right? right. Oh, no. no. Because then... Donna's two girlfriends from forever ago and forever arrive, and it's Christine Bryansky, who is the star of this movie, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, and Julie Walters, is that her uh-huh. name? Uh, and they are, yes, there was Donna and the Dynamos, uh, they are her backup singers, and they do a whole routine See, I as don't, well. I don't think that, to, to me... And it's part of this routine. I don't think really that it's, you know, that, that she does steal the show. I think she certainly is a big part of it. I was startled constantly by how, speaking of Dynamos, how active Meryl Streep oh, is. Oh, well, yes. How old is she in this she film? She was 59 when she's this She's 59. She's jumping on the bed like a trampoline, yes. running off of piers and jumping into the no, bed. But training. here's the thing. Meryl Streep is always spectacular. Right. That's but, not surprising to me. I watch Christine Bransky in this uh-huh. movie because in every frame she is doing something. I, she's just so fun and I love her. I love Meryl Streep too. No, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really, I was just startled by her just throwing herself into this part as dumb as it was. Yeah, oh because yeah. Because she's Meryl Streep and she's not going to give a bad performance no matter how bizarre the film no. is. Well, I guess she wanted to do this because uh-huh. she saw the play in uh-huh. 2001 just after 9-11, right. and was like, this is the light that we need. And so... Wow. I hadn't thought was, of, I didn't know that. You know, that because it, that's the, the thing. This. this is 100% bubblegum. There's nothing mm. serious in it. Guys, we don't even ever find out who the dad is. Nope. They just all share her. A third I have each. a third of her. I have a third of her. So... Right. 
Yeah. So the dynamos show little, up, right? Yes. Yeah, so the dynamos show up, and then uh, they do a whole three numbers or something like that. <laughs> like they do a whole he bunch of dancing and, and singing. And, and at this point, or a little bit after, we're introduced to the actual Greek chorus. Yeah. A chorus there of Greek are people. <laughs> Greek workers everywhere because they are on a Greek island, and then they become a yes, a literal Greek chorus where that they wonder. just in mass respond to the camera about what's going on. It yeah. only really happens a couple of times, but they're always around. Right. They're just sort of creeping around, all of them. It's, uh, they're kind of unsettling, frankly. The guys are, um, they're sort of bonding. They decide to mm. go out and go around the island on, on Bill's boat just to, because, well, first of all, Donna has seen them. Right, and that leads to a whole other song. There's like a song every five minutes yeah, in this film. which is what the pulp... I bet they wanted to not have any talking, but that right. wasn't going to happen. You want, it's sort of like an opera. An yeah, ABBA, yes, ABBA, exactly ABBA, like opera, that. Opera, opera, ABBA. And so Donna finds them, sees them, and then it's like, y'all got to go. And so they're like, well, let's go. But then Sophie is like, don't go. And they're like, we were just going to explore the island. So I don't know if they were planning on going or not. And then there's some bonding, some father, 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 daughter bonding <laughs> on the boat, wherein all of their interactions take place with her in a bathing suit. Fortunately, it's, it's like a, a one-piece bathing, bathing suit. But I'm just like... Well, because I, guess, I think the thing is, it made sense in the context of the story because she has to swim to the boat. She swims to the boat. It's you true, know, they, but it's it's a little weird. It's uh, just a little... Maybe this is my American sensibilities. Not your Finally, Greek I didn't even know I had them, and this is what kicks them out. You discovered them now. She finds that Sam is an artist, and uh, she also draws, and she has ins with all of them. Well, but Stalin Skarsgård's character, she has an aunt or something she's named that's after. That's right, possibly Sophie, named after right. Sophia. Yeah. The Aunt Sophia, which is Donna was taking care of her. Right. And then... I forget what the is. It was. the villa was left to Donna. Yeah, and he says, "I thought it was left to family." Right, which is the big clue for her that that might be her family. Might be for her family, and then I don't know what her in with what Colin her is, is other than I think it's he wants a traditional like he he feels comfortable in a traditional life, uh-huh. but longs for that adventure, which is sort of her push and pull because the another thing like plot point right. is Donna of course has never gotten married and doesn't want to get married and doesn't understand why her 20 year old daughter wants to get married right. uh, and is sort of a, against it and, and her fiance uh-huh. is only getting married because she wants to have this wedding like he wants to spend the money and travel and not do this well, big thing. There's two numbers right before this scene, I think. One of which is Sophie and her boyfriend singing about the horrible possessive jealousy they have for each other. I thought that that was after the scene. I thought it was when before he this. calls to her yeah. and she jumps off the boat and goes swimming back. Is I, it afterwards? I think so. I know that before be- this is when Donna leads a revolution of all the Greek women on the island. In some weird kind of that money, line. money, money song. Yeah, it was this weird kind of. Where was line. if I don't if I married a man like if I, yeah. if I had a rich man then I everything would be great and I'm like well that's not. It's a wonderful message for children. Well, it's also, I don't understand why they use that, because they've already set up that she very clearly could have had a rich mm. man, if she wanted to. That wasn't the life she wanted, so. Why is she singing the song now? I, it's it's yeah, that that's what, one was that was the one, and we like I, we've said before we watch everything with closed captioning, y'all. The lyrics are not good now when you read them. Uh, we found out <laughs> that the lyrics actually have been altered in some ways to fit the musical. Yes. Not um, uh, not entirely. Not entirely. Like Dancing no. Queen was just dancing. Well, Queen dancing. And... Yeah, you don't really need much to change that. But there was some sort of alteration, so that might not have been exactly the lyrics. Of the but songs. it even so, uh, what we saw wasn't good. Right. And to <laughs> their that credit, was a second pass. These are people writing in their second language. Sweden, they learn English alongside no, just, yeah. Swedish, so it's not really a quote second language. 
like you'd normally think because they're brought up with it through this whole school system. Uh, I think it's just pop songs aren't meant to be read. Like you're, any pop song, when you read it, the 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 language is gonna fall a little bit flat, mm-hmm. and so having it, you know, spelled out on the screen, I think, does a disservice. Were to the it. songs released in Swedish and in English? I doubt it. I don't oh. know. I doubt it. I, I they're probably written in English and released. I'm that curious way. now whether or not there was because I know that the Spanish album actually had songs like Swedish equivalents or English equivalents to those songs. I've never heard a non-English ABBA song. Okay. So, have I heard every ABBA song? Absolutely not. It felt like it after you watched this movie. I understand why they I don't know sing. how they're doing a sequel of these in the same songs. I know there's there's a lot of songs. They were very, very, like, weird. Prolific, you know, yeah. They prolific were. Prolific and very popular and they recorded a lot so I, maybe they hit a lot of the, the, uh, big hit songs here, but they might be a whole bunch more to the songbook that we're not really familiar with. Right. Yeah, so, okay. So they go around the uh, island, and then Sky, Sky just on a beach. Sky is her fiancé. Mm-hmm. Just is yelling, Sophie, Sophie! And she's like, gonna go, boys! And dives off the boat and swims to Sky, and then they sing to each other. And then he gets abducted for his stag party. Right. His bachelor party. And then we have the women all together at the bachelorette party. Where Donna and Tanya and Rosie perform as Donna and the Dynamos again. And as they're there, the three men sort of creep into the back of the bar. And then are shooed away because it's ladies only. Ladies and then kind of molested. Only. Well, yeah. Because women in groups are gross and terrible. Hi, my name is Amity, and I will never go to a male strip club. <laughs> uh, well, they, they kind of assault Colin Firth in particular. Mm-hmm. Which they, is they, ironic at the which end. They grab him and strip <laughs> off his clothes and chase him around. And Stellan Skarsgård seems to be enjoying all this attention. Well, that's like his whole thing. Right. Yeah. He's kind so, of an old lecher. An old sunburn lecher who looks like a shoe. Sophie has a little conversation with each of them, wherein Don breaks on three marble heads. Right. Where they, wow. she's like, "Oh, um, so uh, Donna bought this with the money that she got from Sophia," and she says, "I want you to give me away." So she's gone with Bill. Bill is the one. Right. But meanwhile, Sam and. Harry have both also figured out that they might be her dad. And, they and so they, they have both, to give her away. Yeah, so Which is weirdly like aggressive. I'm your father, I'm, I'm your father, you I'm giving you away. I'm just like, showing okay, up out of of all, after twenty years. You don't own me. So the idea of giving me away like yeah, it's a, but that was her whole thing. She wanted her father to walk her down the aisle. She just didn't have a plan for if all of them that's why the be- the most prescient line in this movie is it better be a wide aisle when one of her friends get, get right off the bat gets off the boat and I'm like yeah it better fucking be a wide aisle and then she's like panicking because she's like who what I don't know what to do and also she still hasn't told her mom that she's done this no which hey mom figure it out um, I, the the this plot relies heavily on everyone being kind of dense. They're not yes. figuring things out. They're not, and people doing really illogical things from the very beginning of the film. As I said, I'm not convinced that these three people with their important jobs would, on this whim, go and see someone they hadn't seen in 20 years. I'm not convinced that it would never occur to them yeah, on the way there. I, I, I really the think why. the only pe- way that these people are getting on planes uh-huh. or boats, as the case may be, to go to Greece for somebody's wedding is if they did that math in their head and they're like, that's my baby. Right. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's the that only to be reason. the only thing that would motivate a person to and, just But drop all everything. of them are like, mm, I just really like that lady when right. we dot, dot, dotted all those years ago. That <laughs> <laughs> well, must have been quite a performance. Yeah. Yeah, right. So in the morning... And seeing how energetic Meryl Streep is in this film, I can only imagine. Well, don't Terrifying. be gross. Don't be gross. <laughs> going to be gross. So this, this is a gross that's movie. That's Meryl okay? Streep. She's a national treasure. <laughs> this is a movie that at its heart is, this is a deeply gross movie. It's a gross. dirty joke told between boys in a locker room or girls possibly. Girls, I think, actually. Yeah. I really feel like 
this is a girl's dirty joke. So Animal House is a boy's dirty joke, mm-hmm. and this is a girl's dirty yep, joke. Yep, yep, yep. So Donna confronts Sophie because she sees how stressed Sophie is, and she's like, well, we can call off the wedding. And so and Sophie's like, that's what you want. It's not what I want. Like, right. And she gets mad. Well, so getting married and being more conservative is her version of rebelling. It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, because she, she said all she wants to do is avoid her mother's mistakes, like, you know, hooking up with three dudes and not knowing who my baby daddy is. <laughs> There's like, okay, so Tanya and the bartender, Tanya is Christine Baranski. Uh-huh. There's like a side flirtation there, and she's like, I'm too old for you, and you're so young, and so there's a song about that, and that happens. And Sam kind of confronts Donna. Why is your daughter getting married so young? Like, hey, asshole. <laughs> How about you don't get to tell me how I raised my daughter incorrectly, you fuck. Like, it's just like, you are presumptive. But now I guess he feels like that's my baby too. Right. Mm. And this is another opportunity to hear the strangled tones of Pierce Brosnan. Uh, they're singing yeah. Winner Takes It All. and it. No, not yet. No, That's but later. That's, but their first song together is not better. Well, and again, it just seems like it was... It would be such an easy fix. But, um, yeah, he, he's not doing himself any favors. Hopefully in the second film he'll be you know, struck in the throat by a boat hook or something. It's SOS that they're singing oh. together. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is when Sophie goes and finally confesses what she's done to her fiancé, uh, who gets super pissed. And is literally like, I don't know if I can marry you because you didn't tell me the truth. And I'm just like, wow, you are overreacting. <laughs> Everyone else, I think, might be underreacting to what has happened. You are the least damaged person in this entire situation, sir. Well, he's, he's very fragile, him and his six-pack abs and his suntan, which basically he never really evolved beyond any of that in nope, this film. Nope, that's him. That's him. That's and he most, loves Sophie. That's, and that's he likes to travel. But he's going to give up his dreams for Sophie, which seems like a bad idea. in this film, you're either a six-pack and a suntan, or you're a middle-aged man with a beer gut. Those are your two choices. But that's not even that. true, because they, they, were in, they weren't even in dad bod shape. I would say, well, Stone Skarsgård might have been a little chunky around the middle. Right. But Colin Firth and Pierce Brosnan both look fine. No, but what I they're mean is... They're furrier than the young they men. Are, I like the are. fact that there's no hiding that they're middle-aged men. No. You know, but that, they're not dumpy. But, no, I'm not saying necessarily dumpy, but it goes to this extreme where youth is at this athletic peak yeah. and age is sort of this sort of held, you know, suck it in and But meanwhile, walk those women, those middle-aged women are fucking yeah. kicking ass. So... Christine Baranski with her new boobs that she got from husband number three. (laughs) I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a, the women are obviously much more entertaining than the men. They're much more interesting than the men. They have more stories than the men. Their character plot developments with the men where you find out in the last five minutes of the movie something major. Yeah. Well, oh, now you tell me. Because the men are only there as foils for the story of these women. Like, they're not yeah. fleshed out characters. Then we know one thing about each of them. And I can't even think of the thing about Harry. It's the big thing at the end that you right. find out. Like, um, so they end up all, everybody ends up fucking calming down and coming back together. And there's actually a really sweet scene with Donna and Sophie that I'm convinced. I mean, in the, in the, in the movie time, I think it's probably two hours. Right. The stuff that happens in the montage of that song, I'm pretty sure it was six days worth of things. They're like, you know, she's getting ready for her wedding and she's doing, you know, uh, Donna's doing Sophie's hair, but she's also watching her sleep. And then also they're going through the, the photo albums and laughing together. And then also she's helping her dress. And like, it's just all of these things. a lot things, of and I'm bonding. Like, it's a lot of bonding in a in a in a tight montage, you know, like, and like it's um, it's Meryl Streep singing um, "Slipping Through My Fingers," and that's probably the best song. That one or the next one are probably the best songs. And the next one being the the, the 
one that she sings on the rocks. Okay. That winner takes it all. Literally on the rocks. Yeah. yeah. Although <laughs> on the rocks would be another great title for this movie because I, I suspicion that most of the people are drunk while they're making it. They all seemed fairly woozy throughout the film. Um, Meryl Streep in particular, there's something she does at the end of the film when we get to it, I'll mention it, where I'm like, is she sober? Or is she just like had a few and she's ah, kicking back? So Donna admits that her mother disowned her when she becomes pregnant, and Sophie asks Donna to give her away. Like, which, yeah, bitch. <laughs> She should have thought of that in the first place. That's who should be giving you away. Right. If that is a tradition that is important to you, it's the person that's closest to you. It's not one of these randos that just showed up. Like right. They can be a part of your life in the future, but they certainly aren't part of your life in the past. So it, that seemed a little bit weird. And then they all go to the chapel, which is up... Yes, too many I think stairs. For given the the ages of the people, like if I had been told, I'd be like, I'm gonna need a burrow. I would go. You know, I'm what? gonna need a donkey to take me up there. I don't give a damn if this is my daughter. I haven't seen in 20 years. I am not climbing all the way up it was that a lot rock. Of I mean, it was chapel to get married. No, 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 no gorgeous. No, no, no. Yes, but that was a lot of stuff. It was gorgeous to look at. I would yes. want to climb up there <laughs> for God's sakes. And then, but um, on the way up, Sam grabs Donna mm. and is like. I loved you. And she's like, you went to marry someone else. And he's like, but I broke it up and off and came back and you were gone with some other guy. And I'm like, but only to dot, dot, dot. Like, she came right back. Like, if you'd hung out well, for another two day. Other guys, so I'm guessing that he came back when she was on one of her escapades. And so he went back and got married to that woman again, which... Yeah. Well, we don't actually know that. Horribly wishy-washy. We know that he ended up getting married to someone else and then getting divorced. We don't know if it was that original person. person. And I would hazard to guess that that woman had a stronger fortitude and would not have taken him back. I so, but people do ridiculous things. All of the time. And so then she sings the winner takes it all mm-hmm. and runs away crying up the up all of the steps. No, I, I also wedding. say that you never see anybody climbing these steps. No, you don't. No, you, you don't. Because they were airlifted <laughs> and dropped like, up there. Right, there's a helicopter, very large one. Maybe Some that, oxygen. That thing from <laughs> like the Everest. Avengers is floating over the rock. And right. it, <laughs> it was a bananas <laughs> situation. And so then Sophie and Donna are walking down the aisle Donna, um, or Sophie says, I know who my dad is. Donna says, how do you know? I don't even know. And the priest is like, could we not talk about this Yeah, there's a a funny kind of scene. He looks like Varys from uh, Game of Thrones. It wasn't. I don't know who that is. He's the spider. The spider. The bald one that everyone thinks is a merman. Merman or a, a a merman. Okay. A mer person, of a male. Of mer descent. Of yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> of mer descent. A merkin? No, that's um. Else. And then the three, like, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan stands up and is like, "Wait a minute! It could be me, but it could be them." Well, I'm good with that. I even a third would be better this than nothing like of a... this lovely young lady. And I'm like, you don't get to like, prima knock to her. Like, okay. what are you? <laughs> <laughs> just like ugh. I'm and Spartacus. Then, yeah, and then Stellan Sarsgaard is like, um, I'm a drunk. Hey, I'll take a third. He, I'll take exactly. I'll take a he third. He's so inconsequential in the whole course of this movie. And then <laughs> really. Harry stands up and is like, "You were the first woman I ever loved, and the last woman I ever loved." And then, Bing, hi, brides or groomsmen, who's real hot and young and. Greek. So it turns out that Colin Firth's character is gay, which we didn't... That's his one... Well, well that's his distinguishing thing. factor. Major character development introduced at the very climax of the oh, film. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is weird. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, now that she's got three dads, she tells Skye, we shouldn't get married. We should spend the money on travel. I'm like, bitch, you already paid for this wedding. <laughs> that money is gone. What are you talking about? Well, she just found out that she has at least two rich dads, though. And then, well, that's true, I guess. And then... Sounds like hell, yeah. Pierce Brosnan's like, let's not let a wedding go to waste. 
I've loved you for 20 years and didn't say shit about it, even though we are in the time of Facebook. What the fuck, dude? Uh, and Donna says yes, and she gets married. And they get to so Sam. the priest is happy, and he's trying to put in his, back in his head his objections to the, the, the obvious pagan orgy that took place on this island many years ago. And then at the reception, Sam sings to Donna, and she doesn't immediately divorce him. So that shows her character. Right. And Rosie, uh, the non-Christine Baranski dynamo, goes after Bill, which apparently is successful the next day. She's He's very <laughs> reluctant to do this. And there's this weird montage of images where she, at one point he's trying to escape her by running on rooftops. It and really feels like... like She's that Tightly. character from Who Framed Roger Rabbit who just turns around and is like, Oh, man! <laughs> like, I, exactly. This is <laughs> this is something that you used to see a lot in movies. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it going either, the either direction. The crazy. Yeah, well, one way it's horrifying, and the other way it just looks desperate and sad. And we're led to believe that she's a stronger character than that, but... She really doesn't get... Yeah, uh, she never wanted ever a man before. I was like, was she a lesbian? No, she had fun oh, with men, but she didn't want... That. I know, that's the thing. She had the short haircut. And I'm like, are you, are you signaling to me? But no, apparently that wasn't the intent. It was that she never wanted to settle down. This dude doesn't want to settle down, so she's like... This man with his bizarre tattoos in strange places. He's got eyes on his butt cheeks. And his knees. And his knees. It's very strange. It's like he wants his whole lower quarters protected from the evil eye. I don't know. It can't hurt. <laughs> so then everybody proclaims their love to everybody else. Yes. And Sky and Sophie sail away. And and then there's an encore where they sing four more songs. Now, the encore is where it really looked to me as if... Well, okay. Well, you forgot the part where a geyser suddenly opens up. Oh, right. There's mosaic. a crack in the in the mosaic floor, and they've been trying to fix it the whole day. I guess it's really, it's, this whole movie takes place in 24 hours. And uh, it doesn't, it gets worse and worse. And then a geyser shoots out of it. And they're like, it's Aphrodite's tears. I don't know. I'm Female not... ejaculation. I don't know what it is. Oh, this God. movie is there's gross. A, there's a picture. <laughs> well, and then it follows the scene, a performance by the Dynamos. Yes, where they just, they and literally, it's literally the, the encore. They... Are dressed like you would in the seventies. They're dressed in, the, and I assume that they're going to wear those outfits. It, but they look like old ABBA outfits, maybe. That, maybe from nineteen seventy five. Yeah, or something. they look it because uh-huh. the the assumption what they're I think they're trying to get you to to, to believe right. is that these are their outfits from when they would perform. Yeah, but then the, the guys come out in the outfits too. Yeah, that's well, that's and just then bonus. they're joined by because this is credits. This right. isn't. This part now, uh, this is this is Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan and Stellan Skarsgård. This isn't Sam and Donna and whatever. Right, well, she walks into the camera and asks the audience if they want more. She, at this point to me, looks like she's about to fall over. She, she really looks, looks hammered. Drunk. Yes. And then she, is, she goes back to sing, and then they're joined by, by Aphrodite and possibly Zeus and a bunch of Greek gods at the end of the film. That's right. Those are um, cameos. I, I know, and one of them is Tom Hanks' wife, who's a producer. Uh, Rita Wilson? Yeah. I don't know who the others were, but yeah, so suddenly... One of them was um, one of the... Uh, one of ABBA. Okay. Just defies description at this point. Now it's just gone completely Because, no, and... yeah, we've left... This isn't the movie anymore. Like, this is... This just is... a bunch of movie stars getting together and singing on stage and... Being silly, I guess. God, what a weird film. So apparently, okay, so here's some, we, we've done some research and some, some fun facts here. Mm. Bjorn, uh-huh. composer and executive producer, dressed as a Greek god. Rita Wilson as the Greek goddess. And Benny Anderson is playing the piano during da- Dancing Queen. And uh-huh. he's the ABBA member who was the one who retooled the songs. The songs. So Pierce Brosnan did not know what the project was about when he signed on. The producers told him it was being filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was starring, and Brosnan said he would have signed on for anything involving Streep, describing her as, quote, that gorgeous blonde I fancied terribly in drama school. Oh, sweet. So that's lovely. And (laughs) then they said, you're going to sing, and he said, fuck yes, I am. And they were like, should we have (laughs) checked before? We should have checked before we said yes to this. Um, or you should have listened. You should have had him audition. Could you please sing first? 
Sing Mr. Bond. He hasn't auditioned in 20 fucking years. (laughs) He is not auditioning for you. The movie as of July last year, July 2017, Uh is Meryl Streep's highest grossing film. Oh. I'm sorry. I died. It made $614 million worldwide, Uh which is why there's a. There's a a sequel out this weekend. It's coming out next. Well, <sighs> last weekend from when this is being heard. Uh, so currently in theaters, Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Of course, that's what it's called. Um, less Meryl Streep in this one is my understanding. But even though Pierce Brosnan is a terrible singer, he fucking signed up to come back and do it again. And I'm just like, ooh. Well, maybe Buddy. there'll be a difference this time. Maybe they will have seen the error of their There lives. might not have been such a thing as auto-tune. Auto-tune may not have been a thing in 2008. So maybe they have pitched him in a way that is going to be better. But I just see it as, you know, I mean, let's be adults about this. Liam Neeson is not fighting off hordes of Turkish smugglers single-handedly. Lies. Okay. Also, Tom Cruise half the time isn't hanging off that building. No. The realest Tom Cruise thing I've ever seen in an action movie is that clip from the new one where he can't get his seatbelt undone. I'm like, this is the Tom Cruise I believe. You know what I like about Jackie Chan? At the end of his films, he shows you how many times he didn't make that leap across the building. Oh, right. Yeah. You get to see all the outtakes where you're just. And sometimes it's horrifying. I'm going. This is a fantasy. We don't have to believe in the old days, right? Marilyn Monroe didn't sing. Rita Hayworth didn't sing. Somebody sang for them, and it was cool. Everything was cool. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. I just don't see why. And and you can auto-tune them. You can do all sorts of things. I remember listening to, uh, there was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The song ones? Yes. Once More with Feeling. And... Her voice was altered in such a way that a friend of mine said it sounded like a di- like a dolphin screeching oh, in I pain. I actually <laughs> that really is terrible. like the most famous, and that one and the one where they don't talk at all, right? Which was much are better. Are like the two because no one's saying either. Like infamous episodes that uh, everyone, even outside of the fandom, have seen. And I haven't seen that one. The the one's more revealing. I haven't seen That's it. That's kind of like uh, the X Files if you haven't seen Family. Oh, yeah, the, the episode one that, like, the with, if you like this, you'll like the rest of the show. If you don't like this, right. you won't be my friend anymore. But that, that's what that, that's what that, that episode, episode I remember seeing it when it was first run, and it was so shocking that people, my friends, were calling me on television. I mean, calling me on television. Calling me. Um, I'm going, can you believe that they actually just showed that? As the show was going on, yeah. um, going... What the hell? What the hell was yeah. that? Right? No, that that episode. And now, I mean, Hannibal was on NBC, so right. we, we we've moved. we've just lost all of that. But at least Hannibal was done with taste, and <laughs> it was done with good taste. Um, but gross, right? <laughs> but at the same, yeah, it, there was art involved. It was just sort of a splatter fest. But yeah, that. Anyhow, but going back to this, I'm. I'm startled. I, I, I'm glad that a fluffy movie can make this much money. Uh, it's nice to see that musicals can make a comeback. They were never a big thing for me. Yeah. But um, but it's like the Western. It's a musical form that's, or film, uh, cinematic form that's being lost. And this one isn't a great example of it, but it's not a, a bad example of how much people can be entertained by it. I was never bored while I was watching this movie. You are not allowed to be. No, it's sort of yeah, along yeah, at, it's a lot going at top on. Top speed. Uh, apparently, just uh, FYI, there's an. Un- they never tell you who the dad is, but unofficially, the writer and the director both say that it is Bill. It is Stellan Skarsgård. They did. He's Australian in the stage production, but he's mm-hmm. Swedish in this one, and it's to give her roots back to Sweden, like Abba. Oh, okay. Also, that fair, fair complexion. Right, that makes a lot of sense. But I mean, she could have just gotten that from mom. I, this is another one of the movies where Meryl Streep has daughters, and the daughters are not played, not played by, by Meryl Streep's daughters. Exceptional daughters. Who are actresses. 
<laughs> like, Exceptional dramatic actresses, I have to say, both of them. Both of them are very good. And they're and, almost identical. So they're interchangeable. They're like But I just I always wonder, something. A, when one of them does play her daughter, is there a fight? Right. And B when one of when they don't like are they up for these roles? Do they go out for them? And then they're I just think like they probably avoid them. I probably. Think they're probably not I mean, they don't use her name. Right. Well they don't so. want to Oh, if you don't know <laughs> we well, say. I mean, you could you could look at them and see who who's their mom is. Yeah. Right? Just the, if that's you don't thing. know, um, Meryl Streep's daughters' names are okay. Grace Good. and Mamie Gummer, and they have been. Yeah, they both they look very much alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember Nicolas Cage telling everyone how he didn't want why he. Why he went Cage and not Coppola? Right, because he didn't want people to associate him with Coppola, but he's telling that to everyone in every talk show he gets a chance to. Oh, so Jesus, like... really? <laughs> like early in his career or uh, like yeah. after it was uh, known? That was before I even made the, the, the connection. And um, yeah, I thought that was kind of disingenuous. I really have. I'm, I'm going by Cage because I don't want to be associated or right on the coattails of my famous family, maybe... the Coppolas. <laughs> oh, she's a Mary Louise. Mary Louise. I like Mary Louise. Mary Louise is Meryl, Meryl Streep's actual name. All right. Anything else on Mamma Mia? Uh, no. I. You I, didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It was entertaining while I was watching it. And there were, I just, it felt, I wonder how long the musical is, maybe. Because it felt very rushed. Maybe on stage there's more time to, Right. No, it wasn't bad. I'm glad I saw a film. I would have been. It was. Weird. I can't imagine what it would be like seeing this on stage. I, I don't. Mean, because, I'm sure there's a lot of sparkles and lights. Right, but I'm thinking part of the attraction of this movie is the fact that this really is Greece. The exteriors are. The interior is uh, pine wood. Well, of course, everything is shot in pine wood now. I mean, now that it's made its comeback. But yeah, it's the fact that you're watching these Greek exteriors, and I think that sells the film a lot. I can't imagine looking at the stage and going, these are the Greek islands. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Just everything is just painted blue. Right. Trust us. Blue and white. It's Greece! Oh, so reductive. But yeah, birthplace of civilization, or <laughs> or laws and rules and governance. and Their other their most recent contribution is Mamma Mia. That was a weird loud noise. So, that brings us to the end of July. We did it. We did it. With three very summery movies and one movie that did not belong in summer at all. Ryan, you are a November movie. So, up next, we're going to be talking. Uh, let's give a little preview. No, I know that I know what we're going to see next. But Yes, yeah, so what is the first one? It was the know? Eyes of Laurie Mars. And what is that? It's a. It's besides being literally the only movie I could find that was released in August of 1978. Oh, except was this the one that was this one or uh, a Woody Allen movie? I was not going to watch. Yeah. So how is you? How do you feel about Woody Allen? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I choose not to. Okay. Yeah, the Irish Laura Mars, which is a thriller with Faye Dunaway and Tommy Lee Jones. And it's directed by Irving Kirshner, who I think is the guy who did Irvin Kirshner, um, The Empire Strikes Back, which was the best of the original Star Wars movies. Really, in my opinion, and my opinion is what matters. Yeah, it's a very strange kind of movie involving a, a woman who's able to see through the eyes of a serial killer. Oh, interesting. So that should be And I believe that it had it has some connection to, uh, yeah, it's considered to be an American addition to the Jallo. Genre. Go yeah. ahead and explain what that is. Jello, um, in Italy, they used to give these little yellow paperback novels uh, that were murder mysteries. Okay. And they tended to focus on the murder setups rather than the actual catching of the criminal that was secondary. And that got put onto film by people like Mario Bava and Dario Argento and became really popular. Gotcha. You know, which are the films are a lot of times like stringing up these really elaborate murder schemes um, that were really sometimes, you know, way too enthusiastically photographed. But um, unfortunately, when it got here, it turned into the slasher genre, and the whole mystery element got left. Yeah, gotcha. So we're going to watch The Eyes of... And have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay. I've heard about We've it. We've recorded it. Yes, we it's have it recorded. It's on our television. It was on AMC. And so 
yeah. So from 1978, we're going to watch The Eyes of Laura Mars. And mm. Then from 1988, because this August has uh, five weeks in it, or five Thursdays in it, we're going to actually watch two movies from 1988. And those movies are going to be The Last Temptation of Christ, real good summer movie again, mm. and Tucker, The Man in His Dream. Those are very different films. Those are very different films. Both made by Catholics. There. Well, there you go. We did it. it. From August of 1998, we're going to check out How Stella Got Her Groove Back, which I'm excited about, and you probably aren't. Well, I mean, I just saw um, Angela Bassett on a close-up roundtable. She was and she's, commanding. Yes, she is. She just has presence. Just stunning to look at and just like, took control that was a good episode that was a good episode it's they're doing way way better when they have a lot of ladies rather than when Which they have a lot of dudes sort of disappointing is that yes. the, the male cast and there was one round table i think it was last year where they had a bunch of young and older more established film stars and one the two of the men at the table russell crowe and denzel washington yeah and that was one where you could just tell these two guys knew each other for one thing they'd done films together yeah but they also, you could see what star quality was because you just, they commanded the table. Yeah. And I haven't seen that this year. There's been a lot of kind yeah. of mopey guys. and Yeah, it's like they're very... sad that they don't get to rape anymore. Well, like, guys, that's not what this is that about. Way. That's how they're the acting, though. The comedy episode really did feel that way. Like, we're sitting around now wondering why we can't tell the same jokes we used to and yeah. we're ashamed of, or we're angry about it. Yeah. And so that one came across really poorly, but... Some of the other episodes, yeah, the, the women have tended to. Last time it was Claire Foy. It was a great round table. Yeah, too. the drama women, Claire Foy, Angela Bassett, right. Tandy, Tandy Newton, Newton uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and... Uh, from Handmaid's Tale. Right. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Oh, and Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh. Eyes of Laura Mars was also written by John Carpenter. Oh, which is better. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. So, Eyes of Laura Mars, 88, we've got two. Last Temptation of Christ, Tucker. The Man in His Dream, right. 1998, How Stella Got a Groove Back, and for 2008, we're going to be watching Babylon A.D. Oh, that might be fun. Which I'm... Is cartoon? Is it? I thought it was a movie with Vin Diesel. Oh, shit, I forgot. Maybe. What am I thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> I cannot reach into your mind. Yep, you're right. It's a movie with Vin Diesel. And Michelle Yao, right? Sure. I don't know. I think so. I think that was one that I wanted to see and I never did. Yes, Vin Diesel, Michelle My Liao, nephew was the one. Gerard who, Depardieu and Charlotte Jer- Rampling and Mark Strong too. So that is a weird there's cast. a weird cast. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. There's going to be some weird movies My, next month, y'all. Do you have any current recommendations? Are you going to recommend a thing? Mm, I think I'll recommend the same thing that you might be recommending. Recommend? You always steal my recommend. It's no, fine. no, I want you to go first. No, no, no. I go because I don't think that. I am going to recommend that. It's a hard recommend because it's really baffling. Yes. You saw a movie called... Oh, you don't even know what it's called. We're recommending Sorry to Bother You. The Boots Riley film starring Lakeith Stanfield. Still in a fog about exactly what this movie was about. And I I had a hard time going into it. I mean, I thought it was about one thing. At first, I was enjoying it because it is possibly the most Oakland, Oakland movie since The Mac. There's a lot of Oakland in this movie. A lot movie. of Oakland, a lot of Oakland culture. Real ass Oakland, Oakland, yes. And it seems like it's going to be about one thing, and then it gets so surreal. It's very surreal. If you have... It, it's like a Michelle Gondry movie, or even um, a... Uh, what's it? Charlie... Is it Charlie Kaufman? Kaufman? Yeah. Uh, movie where we move out of the plane of our reality and we are watching well, a very surreal... Me a lot of what Terry parable. Gilliam used to do. Back we don't the... talk about him. He's a bad person. Terry Gilliam? I didn't know that. Well, anyhow. Yes, he's recently had an article wherein um, he thought everybody was getting too far ahead and now white men couldn't get anything and now I tell people I'm a black lesbian in order to get work. Oh. It's pretty gross. That explains some of his work. So, um, but it was very much. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It was like, and to relate it back to to Terry Gilliam, the reason why I brought him up, it felt a lot like watching Brazil, where you're not sure where you are in time and space. It could be the past, it could be the future. It's very strange, or is its own isolated world? It's a, it's it's not the Oakland that you and I live in, right? But it's very much the Oakland you and I live in. With that, yes, it is. It's very strange. But don't 
I was told don't know anything about it going in. And don't know anything about going in. Keep your mind open. Just open your mind. I will say this. And watch the movie that Boots Riley has made for you. It's very... You'll feel things. It's very strange. (laughs) It's very surreal. It's also um, very funny. Yes. And it has a lot of really important things to say. Yes. In a very, like, such an odd way, though, you're thinking, I think I, 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 think I was educated during Look, this film. Look, go because it is a Boots Riley-directed film, and it has Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Stephen Thompson. Yen, and Tessa Thompson in it. Right. Just go and enjoy this weird movie that they made. It's not like another movie you've seen. I promise. Yeah. Even when you think it might be, oh, it's kind of like, just, you'll get to the end. And I'm telling you, it is not like any movie that you've seen. It is baffling in a way that Mamma Mia is not. Yeah, there you go. Although that film is baffling as well. So So that's sorry to bother you. Um, I believe it is out wide now. Um, If you're in the Bay Area, it's definitely playing at many places. Right. So if nothing, for no other reason than you can sit around going, "Oh, I think that's Cafe Van Cleef." Oh, wait a second, that's the. It looks like that place I visited on First Friday. It really is weirdly. Ant Man and the Wasp was oddly familiar. There was a, some strange moments where I was looking at the landscapes, going, "That's my neighborhood." And this film was filled with even more of those moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I've been there. Right. Um. This is the type of movie to give you an idea on the uh-huh. critics' websites. The critic score is 95. Uh-huh. The audience score is 66. And what that is is they didn't know what the fuck they were going to go watch, right. and they don't like that it isn't what they thought it was. That's what, that's what it always means when a critic score is high and an audience score is low. But I don't feel about this, ups- not upset, when I saw Mother... Right. Oh, you didn't. You were upset by that movie. I was irritated by it mm. because I was told it was going to be something that. Wasn't. Oh, see, I don't listen to anybody and telling then, me anything. The <laughs> other thing is that the film, in some ways, was actually kind of insulting towards people of faith. Yeah, no, I could see. And I so, and that is why I thought you'd have a problem. Because I'm it. watching a film like. Oh, also Terry Crews isn't sorry to bother you, and he and so is, Danny is a national treasure. Right, but when I'm watching a mother. I was being sold advertisement that said this is the, you know the best movie of its kind since Rosemary's Baby. The the way that the, right. that is true. The way that they advertised it was bad. So I here I am watching this movie that in the beginning feels very much like I'm watching a Harold Pinter play, where nobody knows exactly what anybody else is talking about, and right. you just sort of dropped into the room, and then it very rapidly turns into this real kind of. Well, I won't go spoil the film for anybody who hasn't seen it. Who? Mother? What? Mother? Mother. Oh, yeah. No, it's a... Uh, it's a very... It's a movie I watched once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that can be said That's for what it, I maybe. can say about it. I will not be watching it again. Yeah. Despite I, the fact there were some it. great performances in it, yeah. it's just... Um, yeah, no, that's true. Gen- and it is... was the, the, the letting us know that Michelle Pfeiffer is back. Right, but it's also a movie where I could see Jennifer Lawrence coming to Jennifer Lawrence, you know? I um she was also cast the right age which yes which those David O. Russell movies where he is casting her to be a woman in between thirty five and forty five are not doing her any favors and mm-hmm. I don't understand why he either can't wait fifteen years to make these movies with her or find somebody who's appropriately aged hey you know who should have been in all of those movies Diane Kruger right Julianne Moore exactly yeah. Uh, there's no reason that Jennifer Lawrence was joy. David O'Wessel, I'm coming no, for you. American Hustle. <laughs> yes. American Hustle. There's she a scene should there. have been 35 again, years old. She was wonderful, but at points you feel like you're watching like a high school. I went to a high school production. It, yes, that's exactly um, what uh, it was, what was like. The, the, the story of uh, Steel Magnolias once. Oh, yeah. No, don't do that. And so it was just a bunch of actors, teenage girls in wigs. Yeah. And, and like. No. Face paint to make them yes, look older. Yes, to make them look older. Yeah, and it just that's kind of what it felt like. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, it just. And then, um, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. She was right. too young too. And uh, she, but she was good in it. She just was not. No, she's yeah. good in all of them. She's serviceable for the role. Right. She's good in her performance, but it's just disjointed and weird. Yeah, and like so, if you want her to be your muse, 
Wait until she gets old enough to do the things you're making or do things where right. she's of age appropriate. Either one of those is fine. Yeah. But yeah. don't cast her in whatever you're making because she's her and that's what you're making. Like, that's not... Right. It's broken. It's not good. I feel like I'm going to be giving this exact same speech to Ryan Coogler about uh, uh, Michael... What was his name? Oh, Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Creed, baby Creed. <laughs> I feel like Ryan Coogler might get too attached to him too, but um, so far so good. Well, sometimes look at uh, Kurosawa and uh, yes, sometimes and it works. Sometimes it works really well. Then sometimes, or even Hitchcock and Jimmy Stewart, they had a good run. And really, uh-huh. even for what they're doing, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, right? What they're doing is fucked up and not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, well, John Ford and John Wayne. Sometimes right. it just works. It out just that works. Way. That's fine. Sometimes it doesn't. But hire the people who are appropriate who are appropriate or yeah. if this is who you're going to work with choose projects where that fits it's yeah. either one of those he's not doing either of those things and it's making me mad also he yelled at lily tomlin so fuck that guy well he got apparently it. i've bec- i've made my recommendation uh an homage to the read podcast yeah. and just gone ahead and read david o russell um, I think you should see Sorry to Bother You. We're seeing The Incredibles 2 tomorrow. I bet that's my recommendation. Well, hey, I'm sure that'll be your recommendation. That's, so that's that my recommendation. Like oh, watch cartoons. Uh, they're great, and they make you feel better. Oh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Season uh-huh. 1, Season 2, I don't care. And it's not for the straight guy anymore. It's just Queer Eye. Uh, that is a, some self-care balm. You just watch it. They all love each other. They love on this dude or this lady. They did a lady. They all learn something about each other. They all learn something about themselves. It's There's crying and then out. 45 minutes of bliss. Seriously, if you've had a bad day, put on an episode of that show and let Jonathan Van Ness just soothe your soul because he's the best. Okay. I've never seen it really, so... I, maybe you should watch an episode with me. Oh, I'm serious. No. They're so good. And the church one, actually, I think mm. you'd really like. And it's No, uh, let me sp- clarify that. It's, no, it's not. When <laughs> I say I, I don't know that I like it, it's not that I have anything. No, I, you're not homophobic. That, He's not, not homophobic. homophobic. That's not what it is. It's, it's just that I like He doesn't I, think I have good taste in things, even though he likes everything that I've made him watch. So... Motherfucker, I have good taste. You know I have good taste, or you wouldn't be sitting here with me right now. Most of the time. I remember when you used to watch a lot of reality TV. The garbage that I watch, I have never said you you should watch. You know what, though? I have seen you evolve away from that. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of reality TV. Just like stuff where I'm like, oh my God. No, but, but. Uh-huh. I always knew it was trash, and I would knew if you right. wouldn't like it, and I would never say you yes, should watch this. That's that why I'm watch. saying. I'm saying it for your own sake. It's like your tastes have really you've gotten. I've I've I can't watch. You put it behind you. I can't watch pretty people bicker about bullshit anymore. Right. Like the world is too serious. I can't do it. Right. So the reality TV that I watch now is like nailed it. The Great British Bake Off and mm. Queer Eye. It's nice things where nice people are doing nice things for each other. I, um, and then there's pie. I, <laughs> I probably the the reason why I said oh no is that I still have so much to catch up on. Oh yeah, no, I haven't that's finished true. Westworld. I haven't finished The Handmaid's Tale. I, I know we've been Kimmy binging Schmidt. The Handmaid's Tale, and I that is some rough going. You know, it's like I was really looking forward to the last season of Kimmy Schmidt. I have seen one episode. They're all there. I know, but I'm going. I know, but if I'm watching one and you come in, maybe I finish watching it. Okay. Because it is it is really beautiful. And no, I I I get you. There are 400 things I want to see and I uh but yeah, no, there's a lot to watch and we've got to get ready cuz Castle Rock's coming. That's right. As of this episode, it's, Castle Rock's out uh, yeah. the 25th. But the, the date that we drop, yeah, it will be. Um so that'll be fun. So it, I hope it'll be fun. I'm it excited. doesn't always work. 
I think there was a the the things that I'm reading. They're saying it's kind of like a Stephen King sandbox game. Like because the characters don't have specific ties to previous stories, uh-huh. it's tonally Stephen King, and they they can do whatever they want. What in the was world. the anthology of stories of Stephen, Stephen King stories that was do, were done for? Cable television a number of Did years. Did they do ago. Nightmares and Dreams, Dreamscapes? I think that's what it was. And of all the adaptations, I think only one was really successful. Yeah, so this isn't an adaptation of anything. Right. That's the thing. Uh-huh. And they're going to kind of let them explore in the world. I'm hopeful for it. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed. I mean, we watched the entire Mist series, and that was, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that was unintentional. No, that was though. completely intentional. Nope. Uh-huh. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Happy July. We made it, hopefully. Uh, The news uh, on the day that we're recording is not great. Nope. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and say uh, to all the NSA listening to this, uh, I I believe Donald Trump is a traitor to our nation. (laughs) Today was the Putin summit, if you need a... Well, I time mean, stamp on that. Every, <laughs> I've thought it for a while. You, you could have said. I definitely think it now. You could have said bad news today every time we record. Every time we record. Uh, yeah. It's either children being stolen or something. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's. it's, it's a, yeah, that's true. So oh, God. Thank God for Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> way, Light, lightness. Lightness yes. and joy. And makes no sense, but ha. Huh. Yeah. So if you have questions, concerns, comments. If you think that we shouldn't watch both The Last Temptation of Christ and Tucker, A Man in His Dream, and you think that we should watch something else in August, and you want to tell us, uh, you can tell us on Twitter at LatecomersPod. You can tell us at Gmail, LatecomersPod at gmail.com. Or you can tell us on our Facebook page or group. Page or group. Either one. (laughs) We have both. Because I don't understand Facebook. And if you would like to buy Lemuel's book of short ghost stories, uh, that is available on Amazon. I know Amazon's real bad. I know. Uh, like maybe killing people bad, and so maybe we've got to find another publishing venue killing for you. Bad? When did this happen? Yeah, recently. Um, people are dying because of bad work uh, environment. Oh, yeah. oh so, but right now his yeah. book is there on Amazon. It's the only place you can get it at, and it's Sealing Night S E E L I N G Night on Amazon.com by Lemuel Gonzalez. Look up his name L E M U E L Gonzalez with two Z's. Two Z's. Two Z's. No S's. And those S's. Um, I think that's everything. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. We hope that it's not extraordinarily hot where you are and you're able to breathe comfortably. And remember, better, better late, late than, than never. never.